Live from the heart of Lincoln, America. Welcome to Ticket Weeknights on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. What up? Good morning on a Sunday. It's Inside the Huddle with Jay Foreman. Early. Me and my man Harrison, you know, waking you up on this glorious Sunday. I want to wish all the fathers out there uh, happy Father's Day. Not only, uh, obviously, I guess, birth parents, mentors, uncles. Hey, sometimes it's aunts and uh, some of the moms got to pull the, you know, double duty. But, you know, um, it's a uh, sometimes a thankless job, but it's everybody uh, that signed up for it and embraces it. Hope you enjoy your day, whatever you like to do. I will say this, a lot of fathers don't like to do a dang thing, Harrison, you know what I mean? We yeah. want to just chill, and then we end up don't liking to chill because we always feel like we got to have something to do. <laughs> Some do more than others, you know, whether we're just sometimes, you know, one thing, Harrison, that's funny about Father's Day, and it kind of boils into, I guess, me as an athlete, is um, you like, you know, one of the best things is to act like you're doing something. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody, you know, my my uh, daughters would be like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm going to go clean the garage. I sweep, sweep one little thing, don't do anything, <laughs> right? Just that, just just, just want to wear my father's father uh, badge one time. So they were like, oh, dad's cleaning the, the garage or doing something, knowing dang well it's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same way. It looks the same way. Or same thing. It looks the same way that it did before. But again, I want to wish everybody uh happy Father's Day out there. Every day is a Father's Day that you're able to kind of, um, be a part of somebody's life and sometimes you could just you know be a father figure to you know kids you don't even know that look at you like that you know um two examples are is one of my uh favorite coaches was a guy named walt west he was my basketball coach in uh middle school and high school he he bestowed a lot of confidence in me um had some uh yeah <laughs> You know, he was, I, it was when I moved to Minnesota a couple years after, went over to transferred schools or kind of the, the the city lines changed. So I went to another school um, and he, you know, brought me, Kenny, Jamal, uh, Kendrick, you know, all of us, we kind of ran tight together and it was like, and he was from, uh, you know, inner city New York. He took us down to Minneapolis and dropped us off. It was like, you guys need to learn how to play on the blacktop and get tough. And uh, he had a really big influence on me from a basketball standpoint gave me a lot of confidence and then also us a lot of confidence where we were able to go off in our individual sports and do well um but Walt is you know to this day I'm still talking about him uh you know he's obviously not with us anymore but again he was some sort of a father figure and then obviously my dad you know goes without saying a huge influence but the other one is my uncle uh I call him Uncle Butch but he's uh he's named after my grandfather you know Francis Foreman uh, I'll call him Big Houston. That's his middle name, Houston. But uh, he was the, you know, my dad was always like I wouldn't say they're like the the bad dad, but Uncle Butch would always be able to deliver the good mess or deliver the message that my dad wanted to get through to me. Because for some reason, having a pretty much should be a Hall of Fame dad in the football realm, he's in the he's in uh, well, he has his high school field named after him. Obviously, in their Hall of Fame. Obviously, in the University of Miami. The Vikings as well, and hopefully the NFL will be the cherry on top. But mm-hmm. you know, when he was talking to me about football when I was about fifteen to, well, you know, we had some really good talks when I got into college. But fifteen to eighteen, I, he didn't know anything. So then my uncle would probably, you know, pick up the phone and deliver <laughs> and deliver the message. Yeah, I mean, just think about that, right? It was just the fact that regardless of how great my dad was, and a tremendous mentor, and uh, 
confidant that sometimes I'd be like, man, you don't know what the heck you're talking about. <laughs> it, 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 you know what I'm saying? But I listened. I heard him and listened to him. Just at that point, I ain't want to hear it, yeah. you know. And so my Uncle Butch and my Uncle Grease, uh, rest in peace, were great, great for me. And that was, I would say this, it takes a village and, um, you know, celebrate the fathers. But it's inside the huddle with Jay Foreman. We do have some pretty cool news on a personal note. We'll have it. Well, we'll have a sponsor, uh, which we appreciate. We'll have a sponsor update next week. We just got that done. We'll be uh, running live reads. So if anybody's listening and wants some uh, sponsorship opportunities, we definitely appreciate it. Um, as, well, as well, moving forward, we've got a couple other things going on coming down the pipe. But big Husker news on multitude of sports. This is a good week for Huskers, you know, oh, yeah. Husker sports. And if you haven't heard, if you've been under living under a rock, which I don't know how you could, there's a lot going on sports-wise anyways, um, is, you know, you got the U.S. Open and all that other stuff. But in Husker sports, you got a huge, two huge on the women's side. Jordy Nelson coming mm-hmm. back, being on the staff. Or Jordan Jordan Larson, sorry, excuse me. Um, I was just thinking about Packers, and so I was thinking about Jordy <laughs> yeah, Nelson. Yeah, I got you. you know? You're good. Um, Jordan Larson coming back and joining the Husker uh, volleyball staff. Obviously, you know, just was playing like last year professionally, mm-hmm. coming back, joining the staff, helping probably helping Nebraska, I think, with the talent that they've had the last couple of years, even though, it was, in my opinion, the young talent, but from the mental aspect, being an extension of John Cook, but then also bringing, you know, if there ever was a, you know, Hall of Fame for volleyball players, she's it. Right, I mean, you think in Olympics, who do they go to to, to win it? You know, mm-hmm. who does Nebraska go to? So I think that addition, along with the star power, cachet, and she's a great representation for Husker volleyball. That's a big. I mean, I'm sure it's been happening before, but officially be official, mm-hmm. it's big. And I think it's also letting you know that John Cook is thinking outside of the box, but doing it the right way. Right where. You're bringing her on staff. She's going to obviously be tremendous in, in uh, helping recruiting. Just imagine being a young lady and, and parents coming in there, and you see you know her pictures everywhere, and you hear about it, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're a vo- – it's just like football, you know, for, for volleyball. You know who the great players are. You mm-hmm. know who was really good at said university when you go visit or when you're playing in these circuits. And then you go into the office, and, and whether you're, she's sitting next to John Coker in her office, she's telling you that she's, she's going to – pass along some of the things to your daughter uh, to help her reach her uh, maximum potential. So I think that's huge. Um, and then obviously in the softball, I think, you know, I don't know if you've ever w- went to a Nebraska softball game. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's I like it. You yeah. know, it's exciting. Um, I think it's more um, uh, it's close. So it's more like you're in there with them because the field's a little bit smaller, but you're really close to the dugout. Mm-hmm. You can kind of see the emotions where, you know, I mean, obviously – Baseball parks are extremely bigger, but it's a fast uh, moving game, a lot of action. Um, and it's funny, you, you see Jordy Ball win another national championship, essentially the best player in, in uh, softball, and has the mental wherewithal, number one, to complete the mission, right? Yeah. Went through kind of like for her a little low, where you have like, what'd you do, give up one run to Baylor or lose one game <laughs> to Baylor? Ends up just, you know, running the table which a lot of pressure is there because, you know, you are the best. You've been the best in the whole nation probably since you've been a freshman in high school yeah. or one of them. And then to win back-to-back national champion championships at the University of Oklahoma, which is the equivalent of Georgia, Alabama in the that's football one, it realm. It feels like we're plucking one of Georgia's quarterbacks. Right, like, well, that's it the is. Level well, you just at. got the, yeah. you know, we'll talk about the Elite 11 with mm-hmm. Daniel Kalen. You, get, you got the Dylan Rayola, and it – 
hit. You yeah. know, Oklahoma did. And then, you know, whether she's homesick or feels like, you know, she wants to add to her legacy, mm-hmm. you know, that's a big decision. And, you know, whatever, she'll probably express her um, reasons, you know, or find out reasons, you know, and that's what she, you know, give her the time. But I'm, I'm thinking about it. I always talk about these local uh, high school athletes. Think about your legacy, right? There's nothing wrong with want you know going out and broadening your horizons, but then also if it comes down to fifty fifty, think about after football, volleyball, softball. I think that might have came into it where she wants to be a figurehead, a big stake in softball. Period. Not mm-hmm. just at Nebraska, but the landscape. You go win two national championships. You are the best, and you did everything from you know coming around on the run, and I think in the semifinal game. And then obviously shutting the door in the championship game or in the first game of the of the of the championship series, then the final out. Then you decide to very shortly, probably within twenty four hours, it, in which obviously was a conversation I already probably had with yeah, her, you fast. know, family, mm-hmm. and you know something. Nebraska did a good job of kind of keeping it on the down low, considering how many leaks sometimes. <laughs> I, I know. It, it would like be hard for me to keep ready. my mouth shut, right? <laughs> if me and you coming in here and I'm the softball coach, and I'd be, I, you'd be like, well, why is Jay so giddy? We got to, you know. <laughs> but the comeback, I think when you're thinking about it, right, she, she's she's going to perform. Yeah. You know, she she's going to dictate the pace of any 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 game. Mm-hmm. So she's going to perform. That's always going to be it. She's going to work hard, and I think she's going to bring some of the culture aspects, expectations, and all that here. Um, but then as she goes along in this process, she's going to be a big figurehead. It's almost like Ravel is getting a little bit, you know, older in her career, Mm -hmm. give her a spark and the staff, but then also bring more attention to Nebraska softball, which I think will hopefully keep a lot of, because Nebraska has a lot of talent in as far as softball and volleyball, uh, keep them here. And then you never know what happens after you know college is over. But I think it's 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 huge because I, I if it, if every game isn't sold out, it's going to be dang near sold out because I I know I'm going to go watch. I, um, my uh, brother-in-law is a, was a you know big uh, club coach, so he you know I've heard about her. Um, I got to see her play you know pitch one time, and I was like, dang, you know, <laughs> I, I always thought like this girl's this good, nobody can get a hit. Like you can't just <laughs> like you can't just bunt or do something. But she is that good. Um, I'm sure they're pretty excited over there. So it's a big week for Husker uh, women's sports. But then on the men's side, you got uh, two transfers, you know, commit to the Huskers. So that's good for, you know, um, you know, Fred Horberg and company. And the, but then on the, the football, which we're talking about inside the huddle, it just completed Friday Night Lights, um, which was really good. You had a little bit of a, you know, I wouldn't say scare, but a little bit of a uh, Speed bump with the weather, which, mm-hmm. you know, that's fine. But in Nebraska, you always adjust, and then it just delayed it a little bit. And then they had a ton of visitors, which is great. So they had visitors that I think the prior weekend as well um, had one offer to a 2024 Omaha North wide receiver defensive back. So that letting you know that they are looking to stack the cupboard, you know, for years to come. Um, and then I think the big news coming out of it is, I think at the beginning of the week, uh, Harrison, give me your opinion, that I felt the Elite Eleven with Daniel Kalen going, they were it was kind of like ah, oh, okay. I think you know, you know it, was, it was great when he committed because everybody you watch it if you followed his career or not his career but his process, you know he was you heard about him and but then he went and got the Florida State offer. Yep. Um, the Nebraska quarterback coach liked him, offered him. Somebody higher up was mad, so then they kind of had to yank it back, which is weird to me because it's like three years 
prior. I mean, he could just change his mind. And of course, for whatever reason, the higher ups were trying to get this dude to walk on. I just imagine that. And then so he's, you know, stayed the course, finally started starting on varsity, lit it up, committed to Missouri. We're fast forwarding here. Mickey and those yep. guys, you know, kind of, you know, kept him on the hook. Matt Rule was, I think, completely honest with him with the recruitment of yep. Rayola and him, which allowed him to recommit to Nebraska after uh, Rayola decided to go to Georgia. And then he got the Elite 11 um, invite, which didn't get a lot of publicity, but there's so much other stuff going on. How right? many do they invite to that Elite 11? Is it 20? Or how many? How many? I don't know. On the final day, I think they get it down to 20. I can't yeah. remember how many it is to start the day. Yeah, I think it, I would imagine it's about 30. And it's like <laughs> 12 of them was like, yeah, you know, you can get your bag lunch and, and head back to the airport. But anyways, he, you know, he, he was, you know, officially – at Elite 11. Yeah. So what that lets you know, and I think, you know, Trent Dilfer was running it before, but they have a host of NFL quarterback, um, I guess, gurus or trainers mm -hmm. that, you know, train these kids all the way from middle school, high school, college, and then some you know, end up on the pros, and he made it. I think with him, um, he's a really good athlete. Probably obviously needs to get a little bit bigger, but the ability to throw the, bat to throw the football mm – -hmm. um, I'm tripping. I keep thinking about basketball because I keep looking at these uh, commits. Um <laughs> is gonna gonna i think pop early and i think one thing that i really like about it he's a product of obviously bellevue west but in the summer or spring of summer he, he is coached by uh, steve warren who's a former nebraska player black shirt uh, he has the warren academy mm -hmm. and every quarterback that has done well and kind of went on to the next level is a product of the warren academy they have extremely uh really good coaching um some college coaches but as quarterback development they're they're running concepts in the spring and summer and through their training sessions to get these guys ready to do some of these things like this right mm -hmm. um and so you think zane flores or, or flores went, went there you I mean just you know from from steve warren obviously gretna did a really good job steve warren seven on seven with steve warren on a national level you know beating up on teams from all mm -hmm. over the country he gets it now kalen comes he actually makes the final 11. And so for you got to think Zane Flores was a record-setting quarterback here and probably one of the best throwing quarterbacks that we've had. Well, Noah Walters was really good. But I'm saying, you know, for a national exposure, he goes to Oklahoma State. You think Gundy, mm -hmm. quarterback guru. And here comes this kid, you know, with one year of starting experience, leapfrogs that. So you got to think that, uh, you know, getting him from Missouri was one thing from the SEC, SEC. Another thing is for he's continued to progress along um, the development. So I want to give him big shouts out because I think he's bringing um, what I don't think he knows, but what people don't also recognize is that he brings a spotlight to the state of Nebraska. He brings a spotlight to whatever other skill position, linemen and or whatever, because, mm -hmm. you know, these college coaches think, well, dang, they got this quarterback here. Let's go see what else they got. Now, we know we got the Nelson kid that's a tight end. Um, I see they just offered, I think, a – um, El, or was it Elkhorn uh, North uh, kind of tight end kind of hybrid? I mean, there's tons. They got a papillion tight end um, that they have offered and, and trying to get him to you know stay with his commit here. And there's a ton more. And so I think it's a really good thing overall. But for him, I want to give him a ton of kudos because um, you know putting yourself out there on a national level uh, takes a lot of guts. And then going out there and perform against guys that he's probably compared himself two for the last couple of years a lot of guys that were thought of probably ranked a lot higher than him you know just based on mm -hmm. where they're from or maybe their experience 
and he beat out some guys. So I think it's it's something that uh, he can always hang his hat on, but not obviously rest his laurels. So you want to give him props. Um, now back to uh, the Friday Night Lights. You know, I think, you know, one thing I think Steve Sipple, uh, or Steve Sipple from 93.7 The Ticket, and I think on three wrote an article how the Wyoming staff was here, um, maybe checking it out. And, and I think uh, Craig Bowles said that, Essentially, this is one of the best run camps he's been to, kind of reminiscent of when Coach Osborne was was here and Matt Rule was extremely engaged with That's everybody. That's what I was hearing. You right. you weren't just dealing with Matt Rule's assistant coaches. Like yeah. if you went to that camp yeah. and you know he thought you were fast, he'd pull you aside and be like, "Hey, let's yeah. let me see a forty real quick." Right. Like he, I mean, think about that. That'd be yeah. that put you on the spot right there. You're right. on Matt Rule and he's telling you like, "Hey, come run this forty. It was very direct engagement with the coaching staff. Yeah, and I know, you know, they always say, like, the recruiting gets an uptick, you know, when you first the new staff comes. I mean, we saw it with mm-hmm. Frost and them. But I think it's a little bit different here. They seem like they have a plan. They, they've done this. But Matt Rule's done this before, and he's not um, new to the game of recruiting. He's got, Do you think that's because of the spot we're in, too? Like, if we can just pluck one guy out of this, like, that's why we got to be all hands-on gaze just because of where we are right now? Sure. Well, you got to be open to it, number one, because of where we're at. But then also, this is your job. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you don't know who could come to your camp. You don't know what the dynamics of a kid. He might be, you know, a baseball and basketball player, and he hasn't been able to do seven on seven. You know what I mean? In, in his community, right? And mm-hmm. and so he comes to a camp, and he's a heck of an athlete. If you aren't on, right, if you aren't doing it for the right reasons – he could fall, you know, slip through the cracks, and then next thing you know, you see him, you see him on a Saturday, and you're playing against him, and then now you end up with like a Joe Burrow situation or Ott situation long before mm-hmm. your time. That end up going to Iowa and and stuff like that. So it's a little bit of both, but it's also I think the experience of the staff of now right, wrong, or indifferent, whatever you think about, they're extremely they're out there, you know, on a, at a high magnitude in social media and stuff like that, but they're actually actively recruiting kids and getting them to come down to camp and the reason why i know is because i you know um through the former football academy i trained uh caden chaddock from uh lincoln east and and he's you know kind of mid mid-level division one right now but he's, he's had a really good spring and summer as far as the camps they wanted to make sure he came down to friday night lights you mm-hmm. know so they're reaching out to any and everybody they want to see everybody because you don't never you never know um where or what somebody would be a couple years from now and and that you know i think comes from his experience in college but then also his experience in the nfl because say i am matt rule slash head coach gm you know when he was in in in, you know for the panthers and harrison you're a you know let's just say linebacker or whatever Mm -hmm. and you're from you know nebraska missouri or you know whatever wayne state and we're sitting in a pre-draft you know uh, meeting, we got a write up on you, and yeah, you know, say you come from a small school, or just say, oh, you know, Harrison, you know, he needs to get 15 pounds, or he needs to do this, or whatever. Well, then you get drafted, and somehow you start playing, and then obviously you're, you know, you're, if you're coming off an injury, or just you just continue to get better. Well, then you hit free agency in year three or four. Now, granted, Matt Rule wasn't afforded this, but you right. hit it year three, year three or four. Then next thing you know, you're a totally different player than I met with at the combine or mm-hmm. at your at your pro day. It's no different when they come to camp. You keep a file on everybody because you didn't. You don't ever know what they had in high school. They might not have a good weight program. They might not have off season seven on seven. They might have a high school culture to where season's over in November or whenever it is. Well, see you in in August. Yeah, you're you hanging know, out all versus summer. 
a kid that's you know okay football's over they might be they might have spring you know football they might have their own winter conditioning summer where they're they're going to show up ready they, but they're already almost at their ceiling versus say you know Harrison or somebody like that so you know, I think the staff is doing a good job, you know, um, of doing that. And I think the staff, you know, I know for a fact, once Mickey uh, took over that staff with Bill Bush, they did a really good job of that, of really mm -hmm. going out and knocking on doors and stuff like that, even during bye week. I mean, you, it takes some big cojones to know that you're kind of a, I want to say lame duck, but on a hot seat, you got to really exceed expectations and get on the road. Because I remember uh, texting with Bill Bush and he was on the way to Kansas or something like that. So yeah, there it, was it, a crazy recruit. Right. Those guys, I will give them credit. The recruiting trail, it, those guys looked like they didn't take a break. No, I and, was impressed. And when they all said that we're going to do what's right for Nebraska, their actions actually um, they followed very, that. Very, very mm -hmm. fired their words. So, you know, look, it's a good Friday Night Lights and uh, for them, and there's plenty of other kids. They got some young kids, and, you know, as far as the. 25 26 class um you know i know you got jay jackson jr up there at millard south you got some uh you got will anderson at millard west uh you know as far as quarterback position so you know i think the more exposure that these kids can get to this staff and the more that exposure this staff can get to these kids and coaches locally uh in the high school level i think it will help nebraska kind of you know get back to where they like so i you know good inside the huddle on that the first uh segment I uh, appreciate you guys getting up early on a Sunday, on a Father's Day. So, you know, regular Father's Day, getting up early and try to get stuff done. We're going to go to a quick break. We're going to come back, and we're going to talk about what uh, the staff and the players have on deck or should not have on deck for the next three or four weeks before they take a break before camp. Jay Foreman, Inside the Huddle, we'll be right back.